Wonder if you could take that hand clap and your voice a little bit higher and give Jesus some praise on a Tuesday night. But I wonder if you could praise him right now greater than you've praised him all night thus far. Come on, maybe you've shouted, but could you shout a little louder? Hallelujah! 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 Oh, come on, bless the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, come on, I know it's Tuesday night, but you ought to go ahead and just get loose in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, don't wait till the altar call. Go ahead and get loose in the Holy Ghost now. Come on, shake it off, shake it off. Everything that's been trying to hold you back all service, just go ahead and shake it off now. revival service. I, I know you just got off work and you're tired because you worked all day but I come to tell somebody on a Tuesday night you came to church weary, weak, and worn but God said to tell you you're on the edge of a breakthrough. You're on the edge of a miracle. You're on the edge of a blessing. You ought to go ahead and reach out I'm going to try to behave, but I'm just telling you, there's something in this house tonight. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, somebody's going to miss your miracle if you don't realize that you don't have to wait uh, until everything gets right for you to get a miracle. Uh, you don't have to wait for the preacher uh, to call you out. Uh, you don't have to wait for the preacher to even finish his sermon. Uh, but in the moment uh, that God comes down uh, on a Tuesday night, uh, you can step out uh, and get a miracle uh, right here, right now. Is anybody desperate for a miracle? Hallelujah! I'm trying to quit, Brother Bradford. I'm just telling you, I feel something moving in this house. I I, I feel like something's getting ready to break out, not just this building, out of this whole complex. Running down the aisles of, of Bakersfield, California. Wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something if in this revival, something like we've been praying for, the day of Pentecost happened all over again? And while we're having church, the Holy Ghost just starts flowing out of this building, down into the streets, and all of a sudden homeless people get up and start running around in circles, spot talking in tongues. I don't know. I don't know what kind of Holy Ghost you got. I tell you what kind of Holy Ghost I got. I got it down in my soul, and it's like a fire, and it'll burn off every spirit of doubt and unbelief. And you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter one. Woo. You've honored tonight your pastor. Pastor Kevin Bradford, who is my friend, and I am so excited to be in the kingdom with such first-class people. 
as the Bradford family. And I just look forward to what God's going to do. And, uh, and I'm just ready to kick the devil in the mouth. Take his milk money, spend it on ice cream. Hallelujah. Uh, no, I, I do, I appreciate you, Pastor Bradford, and I give you honor tonight. Of course, first family. And uh, let's just get into this, see what the Holy Ghost will do. Anybody come to have church? All right. Ask your neighbor, say, you wasn't lying, was you? Look back at him, say, because I'm about to find out here in a little bit. How you doing? The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Jacob, Esau, Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob? I want to preach to us for a little while tonight on this thought, in case you have forgotten. In case you have forgotten. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven? Ask the Lord to help us in this place. Come on. Jesus, we need you. We know you're already here because we can feel the effects of your holy power, of your anointing. And we're asking you, God, right now, let a Holy Ghost atomic bomb go off in this place and destroy every mindset that would lift itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Destroy every spirit of doubt that says we got to settle into the way it's always been. Then God give us a revival mindset in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Evidence speaking in other tongues. Refill me tonight, God. I want the Holy Ghost all over again. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, clap your hands. Put them together like you really mean it. And give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. I will tell you tonight that just a little bit of a personal information, but I tend to suffer with sleep deprivation. And part of that is, is simply because it's hard for me to turn my mind off. Anybody else out there like me? It's, it's hard to go to sleep sometimes because I, it, it's just hard for me to turn my mind off. And, and, and so there, there's thoughts that go through my head that sometimes keep me up at night. Brother Bradford, I don't do good reading the Bible at night. Because when I do, I, I start, I lay down and I start thinking, well, what about this and what about that? And, and, and there's things about the Word of God, and people in general, that their, their knowledge of the Word of God, that sometimes it keeps me up at night. Like, how much do you really know about the Bible? Do you know, what do you know about its content? Do you know that there are 12 minor prophets and five major prophets and four gospels? Do you know the equalizer in the Old Testament of the New Testament like Daniel and Revelation? Do you recognize that it is John that he probably replicates Isaiah more than he does Daniel? So as a person, well, I'm not getting into that, but you get what I'm saying. Do you study to show yourself approved? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. These are some things that keep me up at night. Where is the body of Christ when it comes to understanding the word of God? And so there, there, there are 
There are depths in the word of God. There are things that are hidden way beneath the surface. And again, I won't get into any of that tonight, but there, there are a lot of, uh, of things that we can't see in our language as it is translated. And when we go home and we begin to study the word of God, naturally we study the oneness of God and we study doctrine and salvation and we study holiness and dress and giving and loving and forgiveness and godly order of worship and prayer and fasting and, 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 and all the music. And sometimes we can forget some of this stuff because it's a lot to intake sometimes. These are the things that keep me going back to the word of God. I love his word and because I love his word, I want to know as much as I can about his word. There, there's a lot of things in the Bible that... that just, I'm telling you, they bug me. And then there are some things that I got in my mind that really are pointless, but they still bug me. Like, you know, because we've seen it in Sunday school books that when Joseph had a coat of many colors, it was all stripes. The Bible don't say that. I don't know, was it polka dots or was it stripes? I'm telling you, that's the kind of stuff that bugs me. I, I, I know it don't make sense, but like, here's another one that really gets me. Who's going to cook the marriage supper of the lamb? And how big is that commercial kitchen? These are things that aggravate me. They're, they're, I know they're pointless, but still, I, I, I love to find the little details in the Word of God. And, and so that's my approach to the Word of God, is trying to go through the stories and find those little places that maybe I never noticed before. There are some serious questions that I have. We, we know the main stories of the Bible and, and stuff like David and Goliath, Noah and the ark, Moses and Pharaoh, Jesus feeds the 5,000, Zacchaeus and a plethora of others. But nobody ever preaches about the purpose of Obadiah. When was the last time? I, now, I realize where I'm at right now. <laughs> Brother Bradford probably preaches out of Obadiah, but nobody else preaches out of Obadiah. We, we quote one scripture out of the book of Micah. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arrive. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Quote another one. Uh-huh. These are the things that keep me up at night. And, and so my, my, my goal through this year has begun, was to, to read the Bible from the first person point of view. And, and so I've been doing that through the Minor Prophets and it's in this, this book of Malachi that I began to read and began to study and try to find all these little things about Malachi. Like I want to know where he went to kindergarten. I want to know what size shoe he had. I, I want to know all the details of Malachi. And as I began to read about him and study about him, I, I began to recognize that the whole purpose of the book of Malachi is really wrapped up in just a couple of verses. And it's here uh, that we began to read tonight and we began to look and see that God is talking to his people. And there is a, there, for lack of a better term, there's a whooping coming. Malachi's, God takes his belt off in Malachi and he absolutely wears Israel out. Now I know this younger generation may not know what I'm talking about when I say that, but because you, you can't whip your kids no more, supposedly. <laughs> we could get in trouble here, couldn't we? However, God, God's, God's mad in the book of Malachi. He's upset and he begins to, to talk to them and he says, I have loved you and yet you're looking at me and you're asking, wherein hast thou loved us? 
I've cared about you when nobody else cared about you. You were my people when nobody else wanted anything to do with you. And now you're asking the question, wherein hast thou loved us? There's a rebuke coming to Judah for marrying the daughters of a strange God. And then in Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, God begins to talk and he says, You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, Wherein has we, where have we wearied him? When you say, Everyone... He begins to tell them, this is how you've wearied me. Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? God is saying, basically, you keep asking the question, why do good things keep happening to bad people? Don't act like you ain't ever prayed that before. What? Why do the good things keep happening to bad people, and bad things keep happening to good people? God, don't you know who we are? Don't you recognize we're your people? Don't you see how, how we are being persecuted and talked about? We're in heartache. Where is the God that Isaiah said would bind up the broken heart? We're in poverty. Where is the God that would provide manna in the wilderness? Why do the good guys get a, bat, a pat on the back and the bad guys keep having to go through all kinds of troubles and trials? God begins to speak to them and tell them, I will come out against, I, I will come near to you to judgment. And I will be a swift witness. And he begins to tell them all the things that he is going to do. And he says, I'm going to purge like gold. And so if you will allow me tonight, I would like to just kind of take what they were saying and put it in modern terms when we would, some of us in the church would come to church and say, where is God in all the mass shootings that are happening in America? Where is God in all, of the, in all of the division in the church? Where is God in all the abortion in our world? Where is God in the middle of all of that? And that's where God steps up and he begins to tell his people, I'm going to be a swift witness before your eyes. And when he gets done telling him, he's going to purge them like gold. This is where I'm going. If you're waiting tonight for the, till the end to get on board, you might as well just get on board now because we're at the end already. And he says, for I am the Lord. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I've come tonight to preach to somebody to the questions that are keeping you up at night. I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He's basically telling them in case you have forgotten I'm God and that's never going to change. In case it slipped your mind because you're looking at the chaos around you and all all you can see uh, is how the world is turned upside down. Uh, I've come to tell you, Israel, uh, that I'm still God uh, and I'm still sitting on the throne uh, and I still have all power. Oh, I come to preach to somebody right now looking at the chaos around you uh, and I've come to let you know uh, that this God I serve, uh, he's still on the throne uh, and he can still work uh, and he can still move uh, and he can still heal uh, and he can still make a way even where there is no way hallelujah he tells them I love this about God he says if I didn't love you you'd have already been consumed a long time ago 
He says, Israel, I want you to think back to when you were standing at the Red Sea and Pharaoh was closing in quickly and, and you had nowhere to go. And I anointed a man to take a rod and stretch it out over the sea. Remember that, Israel? Well, let me tell you what happened. That was me that did that. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. If I didn't love you, Pharaoh would have killed you right there at the Red Sea. Remember how the water stood on its edge. This is one of them parts of the Bible that you can only understand if you're a redneck. Exodus chapter 8, verse 15. God's, Moses is he's, he's, he's shouting and he's singing. He's, up, he's, he's happy. It's either 8 and 15 or 15 and 8. Sometimes I get a little dyslexic. But it, it, this is literally what the Bible says. He says, with the blast of thy nostril, you congealed the waters. Let me break that down for you. God blew his nose. It's in there. It's in your Bible. And part of the Red Sea. Now, I, I told y'all, I've been going through the Bible this year trying to read it from the first person's point of view. And, and what I have found, Brother Brock, in doing that is we're a lot more like Israel than we even know because they just watched a Red Sea get split in half because God sneezed. And all of a sudden, they get on the other side and they don't know what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink. Are you kidding? Let me put that where you can understand it. God brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God saved you from drugs and alcohol. God saved your soul from 25 generations of false doctrine. God brought you into a church that preaches truth. And now just because you've got a trial in your way, you're going to step back and start scratching your head and try to figure out how God's going to work. I love you, saith the Lord. about you when you were in the world and you think I care more about you now you think I'm looking at you now and have forgot about where you are in case you have forgotten he's the same God that brought you out he's the same God that saved your soul he's the same God that filled you with the Holy Ghost he's the same God that put your marriage back together he's the same God that delivered you with no withdrawals and if he did it before yeah if he did it before he can do it again if he's ever brought you out then baby he can bring you out one more time if he ever made a, I wish you'd help me preach right now somebody needs to get this down in their spirit more than a hand clap and more than an amen I'm getting a hold of this God is God and that's never gonna change You know what you need to do? You need to go home to those bills stacking up on the table and pick them up and do your little jig around the kitchen table. I remember when God paid my bills before. And I might have forgotten, but I remember now. He made a way. He made a way where there was no way. Wasn't very long ago. Wasn't very long ago. I'm just going to let y'all in on a little bit of my life. Wasn't long ago, a couple years ago, we bought a house. And we started remodeling that house. And then the middle of remodel, uh, inflation hit. 
and the price of a two by four went from $2 to $200, felt like. Wasn't that much, but it was like $12. Sheet of plywood that was $30, all of a sudden was $100. And so I, sitting in the vehicle one day with my wife, and we, you know, we still calling and saying, hey, bring me, you know, 500 two by eights and this and that and the other. And we got the bill for it. And my wife said, what in the world are we going to do? We're driving down the road talking about it. And it's just been the way it's always been at our house. When we have a problem, we don't sit around the kitchen table and gripe about the preacher. We don't sit around the kitchen table and play the blame game. Well, if you'd have done this or you'd have done this, we wouldn't be where we are. We always just get those envelopes and we shout about them. And all of a sudden, Brother Bradford, my little boy, was sitting in the back seat and he said, my, my wife said, baby, I don't know what we're going to do. And my little son, he said, mama, I know. We shout about it. You know what my little girl said? Bubba, that's a good idea. That works every time. I've come to tell you tonight, if you've ever praised your way out of a problem before, then baby, what makes you think that you can't praise your way out now? Don't, don't sit around and gripe about it. Don't sit around and blame the preacher or blame your spouse. Come to the house of God and shout about it and watch God make a way where there is no way. Come on, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. i got plenty more to preach, but I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Somebody that's got problems to step out in the aisle and just shout about it a minute. You ain't got no music to dance right now. But when you know who God is, you don't need the beat of the drum when you remember where it brought you from. You don't need a keyboard player. There's something that pulls up in you that says, I may have forgotten, but now I remember what God can do. you somebody's leaving here tonight with a miracle understand Malachi's taking us into 400 years of silence be 400 years before God's going to speak to a prophet to his people again but Malachi Israel Jacob pay attention this isn't the first time God's ever got quiet for 400 years. Unless I'm mistaken, I can't find it anywhere. There wasn't anybody running around prophesying while they were in Egypt. The only ones making noise were the Israelites. The cries of their people were going up. And this is where most of us 
give up on our miracles right here. When God gets silent, usually our response is to get silent. I felt that. When God gets silent, well, I don't know what to do. I'm going to teach you. When God gets silent, you back up to the last thing he said and you apply that to this situation. Because you can read about the disciples. God, got, God didn't just get silent. God got, went to sleep. He tells them, get in the boat and go to the other side. Then he crawls off in the boat. I want, you know he had to be God manifesting the flesh because the Bible says it was sinking. He's still sleeping. I, don't, I can't sleep through a rainstorm in the middle of a boat. Ain't happening. He goes to sleep. Watch. This is what they said. Master, carest thou not that we perish? No, boys. You, you're missing it. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that he already told you what to do. Because before the, ever, the storm ever showed up, he said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And you think for one moment that the storm changed what God said? That just because God got quiet, that it changed what he said? It, it blows my mind, the amount of people that will come back to the pastor and want another three-hour counseling session when God ain't, God ain't changed nothing. I'm meddling, ain't I? But this is good meddling, ain't it? Well, I, you know, Pastor, I know you told me to pray about it, and I know you told me to worship, and I know you told me to keep on giving, and I, I, I know you told me to keep on believing, but that, that was a whole four days ago. And to some of the more mature saints, we'll get about four months. And if we don't get our miracle, have you forgotten who you're serving? Because sometimes God was silent for 400 years, but that doesn't mean God wasn't still God. And that, oh, help me, Jesus. And that doesn't mean that he wasn't still working. And it doesn't mean that he wasn't still had your best interests in mind. I know God got quiet for a little while, but just trust the process because you got a job to do while you're in Egypt. And we'll talk about that later. I don't have time to get into that. You got a job to do in Egypt. And by fulfilling that job, you're going to walk in power and demonstration in years down the road. So walk through the silence, praise through the silence. Pray through the silence. He gave you a promised land. He gave you a, my God, he gave you a, a, a place to live. He gave you a car to drive. He gave you a way to get from A to B to the house of God. Don't you think God is able still? I just come to tell somebody tonight that's on the verge of giving up in case you've forgotten he's still God. I come to tell somebody tonight that you made it up in your mind. When I get to church tonight, if I don't get a word from God, this is my last service. I came with a word from God for you. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Don't you dare give in. He's still God and he's still able. I love you. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't keep on making a way. Red Sea, I loved you. In the wilderness, I fed you with manna because I loved you. 
I, I gave you water from a rock because I loved you. I brought you into a promised land. Understand, this is where Malachi is at. He's taken us in the 400 years of silence. This is the end of the Old Testament. I, I, I brought you into a promised land because I loved you. I give you houses that you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant because I loved you. I drove out the Amalekites because I loved you. I drove out the Canaanites because I loved you. I made a way for you. I gave you a land that flows with milk and honey because I loved you. Don't you doubt for a minute, honey, that God quit loving you. I just come to tell somebody right now that's struggling in your mind because you're going through a trial and the devil's convinced you that because of your mess up, that God doesn't love you anymore and that's why bad things are happening. If God didn't love you, you wouldn't be here. It's hard to remember that he's a mender of the broken heart while you have a broken heart. It's hard to remember that he's a God that heals the emotions when your emotions are busting into a million pieces. It's hard to remember that God has brought you as far as he has. But I, I just wish sometimes you'd take a minute and think back where God found you. Let me just ask you this. Hadn't he already done enough Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty good place to shout right there. Hadn't he already done enough? There ought to be something that gets in your spirit that says if I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day, I'm coming to church, I'm going to back up the preacher, I'm going to shout, I'm going to dance, I'm going to run the aisles because I remember what God has done for me. I remember where he brought me from. Come on, you just need a refresher every now and again. Walk down memory lane. God's brought you from a mighty long way. Nobody's going to be in shock about this more than Sister London. She's known me a little bit longer than everybody else. But believe it or not, I'm, I'm, I tried to be proper in, in putting a title on this message. And I almost entitled it, In Case You Have Forgot. But I got on Brother Google because he helps me out sometimes. And, and I, I asked Brother Google what the proper English was. And Brother Bradford, what I found out was is that Forgot or forgotten are both proper English. God will give you a word in, in an English lesson. Watch this. The difference is the tense. The first is simple past. You ready? This is deep. It means that at some point in the past, you forgot. Where's my organ at? Woo! Hey, that's deep, ain't it? But the second to say I have forgot means in the past I had forgot. But to say that I had forgotten is perfect present tense, which means you forgot in the past and are continuing to have forgotten until now. What does that mean? It means literally that you're standing in the moment of revelation. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm fixing to preach the paint off every wall in this place. Everything around me had been causing me to forget 
but I am now standing in a place, a moment of revelation, a moment where clarity comes, and now I know every time that I had forgot, God somehow made a way, because if he hadn't made a way, I wouldn't be here. You're in the moment of revelation. I, you know, I forgot every time God paid my bills, uh, but it's all coming back to me, Pastor Bradford. Uh, I forgot God had healed my body, uh, but it's all coming back to me. I, I forgot that God had made a way, but I, 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 now I remember it's all coming back to me. God just keeps on being God. Uh, God just keeps on showing up. Uh, God keeps on making a way. Now that's true, preacher. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, you can sit there in your doubt uh, and you can keep on missing your miracle, but somebody's gotta buy in uh, to the simplicity of the doctrine uh, and remember, uh, my God uh, can work uh, when nobody else can work. I know y'all gotta go to bed. Y'all got tacos. Got to make a way. Got to hurry, preacher. I know. Musicians, come. Give these people some hope. They're hungry. Well, like I said, sometimes it's hard to remember when, you're, when, when chaos is all around you that Isaiah said he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. It's hard. When anxiety is setting upon you. Oh, I'm preaching now. Yeah. Mom and daddy, husband, wife, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't know how God's going to make a way. This, this is different than anything I've ever seen God do before. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it's funny, but that's how some of y'all act. And anxiety is closing its way in around your mind. Panic attack. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Panic attacks just because the envelope showed up in the mail and you ain't even opened it in three days because you don't know what it says on the inside. And every time you walk past that envelope, that anxiety grips your heart and you begin to hyperventilate, but he will keep them in perfect peace. He will keep them in perfect peace. Fear trying to grip your spirit because you don't know what God's going to do, but he will keep them in perfect peace uh, whose mind uh, is stayed on thee. You know what you need to do? All you got to do in order to get the peace uh, is get your mind off the problem uh, and get your mind on the problem solver uh, and look yourself in the mirror and say he will keep you in perfect peace uh, whose mind uh, is stayed on thee. Preacher, I feel like I'm losing this battle. No, you're not. Uh-uh. As he said in Deuteronomy, you shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day in the battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not and do not tremble. Well, know why? For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight against your enemies to save you. In case you have forgotten, 
He's never lost a battle. In case you've forgotten, you're not in this by yourself. I know you feel alone. Because you can't see God. And God is silent. God ain't moving. Can I preach to somebody right now? Let's set through the weekend services and the Holy Ghost moved and touched everybody else but you. Now God, why'd you do that? He's still God in the silence. He's, he's still God in the in the storm. He's still God in the chaos. I love you, says the Lord. You know what I want to challenge you tonight? I want you to go home and and I don't care where you gotta put it, but find the scriptures, print them out, put it on your phone. Put it in the mirror at the bathroom where you brush your teeth every morning. At least I hope you brush your teeth. For I love you, saith the Lord. Things are still going. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to just tell you. I don't know who started that mess about you get the Holy Ghost and you have another, never have another problem. But I'd love to wrap my hand around their tie and extend the right hand of fellowship. Because there ain't a bigger lie ever been told. Holy Ghost people still have to deal with chaos. But I've loved you. And you keep questioning and asking, how do you love me, God? Won't you do me a favor? Do this. <sighs> Yet another proof that God loves you. Yet another proof that God's on that ain't even your oxygen you're breathing that's his therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed he never told me that we used to sing an old song when I was a kid he never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill wouldn't be hard to climb He, he never told me that everything was going to be perfect, but he did tell me that he loved me. And he told me that because he loved me, I wouldn't be consumed. We got to get our minds right. We got to get aligned. We got to get in, in order. So why are you preaching like this? Because I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's getting ready to blow the doors off this church. And the reason I'm preaching like I'm preaching right now and preach like I preached this weekend is because we got to all get on board because we don't have time to keep chasing you down and try to keep you full of the Holy Ghost and try to keep you believing that God's on your side while we're trying to deal with a new convert on every corner. I'm telling you, that's the kind of revival that we're going to have here. We need all hands on deck 
And so God's just sending you a reminder before all the new converts get here and we have to take care of them. Look at where you are. Look at what I've done for you. Have I not made a way where there was no way? Have I not opened doors that no man can close? I love you, Bakersfield. If you're looking for the altar call, you're in it right now. Come on, make your way, make your way. If the devil's been lying to you and telling you God don't care, come on, you need to come tonight to this altar and lift your hands and give God praise and give God glory because you know he loves you, because you know he cares, because if he didn't care, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in the church if God didn't care. Promise still stands. Great is your faithful. Come on, I want to tell a young person right now they messed up. And the devil told you that because of your mess up, that God doesn't love you anymore. I've come to tell you the devil's a liar. This is my confidence. You never failed me. Come on. Come on. God is God. It's never gonna change. Me. God's for you. God's for you. 